It can be so hard to say goodbye to yesterday. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Crime Over Cocktails. I'm Tiffany, your host. And tonight, I want to cover the case of Kenneth Burno and Vernell Jones. Kenneth was raised in Philadelphia. He had a close family. Everybody was always family first. They were also very involved in their church. At a young age, about the age of two or three, Kenneth fell in love with music. He loved to sing. He loved to dance. He just loved everything about it. And his love for music would only continue to grow. He was accepted to the Philadelphia School for the Creative and Performing Arts, also known as Kappa. While there, you meet a lot of people who share the same interest with you. Kenneth and a group of guys all decided that they were going to start a boy group. And it was called Unique Attraction. Per Wikipedia, it says that after a Valentine's Day party at the school in 1989, they got their big break when they snuck into a concert put on by a local radio station. Their plan was to find Will Smith. They wanted to sing in front of him. But they didn't find Will Smith. But they did cross paths with New Edition member Michael Bivens. They sang new additions, Can You Stand the Rain, for him. And him and everybody else that was around them, they were impressed. They gave the group their number and told them to give them a call. But according to Oxygen's Killer Couple, they state that after they graduated, they were signed by Michael Douglas after performing a song called It's So Hard to Say Goodbye to Yesterday. Well, either way, the day that he was signed by this record label, he was also told he was about to be a father. Kenneth had a big decision to make. Do you take the life on the road and follow your dreams? Or do you stay home and be a father? He didn't not want to be there for his child. He didn't grow up like that. And he didn't want his child to grow up like that either. It's a hard decision to make, but he chose family. Like I said in the very beginning, that's how they were raised. Family first. Instead, he took a job working at a bottle plant, working nine to five. He had a daughter, but he would soon start to resent that he left Unique Attraction. Because they became a little group, I'm not sure if you've heard of them, but boys to men. Clearly, he saw them succeeding. It was hard for him to watch, even though he was very happy for them. At the same time, that could have been him. I mean, they flew to the top of the charts. Oh my god, I used to love me some boys to men. Because of such resentment, he never really got over it. And the marriage didn't end up working out anyways. They ended up getting a divorce. After they divorced, he decided that he really wanted to get back into the music industry. He loved it. He missed it. He wanted a piece of that pie that he was missing out on. But this time, he didn't want to come back as a singer. Instead, he thought he would take the role of maybe like a producer or a manager. He still had some connections from before. Now he just needed the talent. He was still young, 27, hoping that maybe somewhere he would find his diamond in the rough. One night he went out to a bar and there was a girl group performing on stage. The group's name was Surprise. Vernell Jones was the lead singer of the group. She just oozed confidence and he found that very sexy. 
Turns out the other girls in the group were her sisters. And they, too, were looking to make it big. They were playing gigs, hoping that they would get noticed. Vernell and Kenneth locked eyes pretty much almost immediately, and they were both instantly attracted. Everybody around them could feel the tension. After their performance, he approached them and told them that he could be their coach and advisor. Everything was going good. They had a lot in common. They were pretty much raised in the church, raised by music. They had the same dreams. But then within a few months, Kenneth had managed to break up the group. It became obvious he was only trying to make one person a star, and that was Vernell. He was able to use his connections and get her gigs and play in clubs, but her career wasn't exactly taking off as quickly as they thought it was going to. I mean, she could sing, but there's a lot of competition out there. Vernell never had a shortage in men. Men found her very attractive, very confident, very driven. So as time went on, he became more jealous and more controlling. He wasn't now just controlling her career. He was starting to control her life. But Vernell loved him and she didn't want to piss him off. She just complied. Whatever he wanted, pretty much he got. On December 17, 2001, Vernell would be called into the police station. Phone records showed that she had been speaking with a John Davis. She was supposed to be the last known person with John. It turned out that John was found dead in his running car by a coworker. He was the nighttime manager at the men's warehouse, and another employee was walking up and noticed that his car was still running. When he went to, like, check on him, he could see him in the car. When he opened the door, that's when he saw blood, which then saw a gunshot wound in the back of the head. He called 911 immediately. When police arrive, one thing is clear right off the bat. This wasn't a robbery. Not only did it look like he had been shot from the back seat, in his wallet he had over $700 in cash. The co-worker told police that he really wouldn't have thought much of John's plans that evening, but that he said something that kind of made him think. John told this co-worker that he felt like he was being set up. Vernell used to also work at the men's warehouse with John. I have found conflicting reports on whether they had a very brief fling or they were just really good friends. On Killer Couples, I do believe it said it was a short fling. And when I would read all the articles, pretty much they were saying that they did not have a thing. They were just good friends. And those articles would be The Morning Call and My Life of Crime. So again, conflicting information, but I mean, I guess it's neither here or there. She showed up, and she didn't show up alone. She showed up with Kenny. She did admit that she was going to meet up with John, but she said it was only to get revenge because she had found that Kenny was cheating on her. She had found him at the house with another girl, so she wanted to use John to get back at him. But she decided that she wasn't going to do it. Instead, she actually hung out with Kenny and they went and had dinner. On the show, they said that Vernell was asking a lot of questions. Some of them seemed like legit what happened, stuff like that. But then I guess she just kept asking more questions. That made like a light bulb go off in their head. They felt like she knew something more. Police didn't really know what to make of Kenny. They could tell something was a little off on this guy. They decide that they're going to go talk to her family, see if they have any news on their relationship. 
Her sisters had a lot to say. <laughs> they told police that at first, you know, he was very charming. That he knew all the right things to say. But as time went on, pretty much, they all got thrown to the side. She didn't even really talk to the family that much anymore. One sister said that he would call her every 30 minutes to see what she was doing. And they could see that that confident woman was beat down to nothing. She had completely changed. They also told police of some tattoos that she had recently gotten that really were alarming. One of them said 100% K's bitch. Like, are you fucking kidding me? But oh wait, no, it gets worse. There was another one that says all about K and there's a picture of a penis. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Nothing was ever good enough. He never thought that she was faithful. He always thought she was cheating. Which, by the way, people, is usually a sign that they're cheating. Just throwing that one out there. Her family also gave police the name of another man. He was a fireman, and his name was Ron Humphrey. Vernell started seeing him around the same time that she met Kenny. So, of course, they're going to go see Ron. Ron had a lot to say in his short knowing of Vernell. He said that Kenneth had found out that in the beginning, she was talking with both of them. So Kenneth went to go see him at the fire station and he caused the scene, telling him that he needed to stay away from his girl. He said it was pretty apparent that Kenny was there just looking for a fight, but he wasn't going to give it to him. He even made Vernell drive to the fire station so she could pick who she wanted. And she chose Kenny. But then he tells police that it's not Kenny that he's scared of. It's Vernell. So obviously they're a little confused. And he says, that bitch shot me. He said it had been months since they had even spoke. He had even moved on and he was seeing somebody else. But out of the blue, she started calling him again and apologizing for what had happened, and asking that if he would be willing to meet up with her. Well, his ego ended up getting the best of him, and he went to meet up with her, even though he knew he shouldn't. They went and got drinks, and then after that, they found a secluded parking lot where she ended up giving him oral sex. She told him she had to pee, so she stepped out of his car. But when she came back, she had a gun. And from, like, point-blank range, shot him in the arm. When he's like, what the fuck was that for? She didn't say anything. She just started crying, and she left. He did go to the hospital, but when police arrived to find out what happened with the gun wound, he lied. Because he didn't want to get caught cheating. So he said it was a robbery gone wrong. They were able to recover the bullet that he had in his arm from when he went to the hospital. And they took the one that was found in John. When they compared them, they were a match. That's when they had an arrest warrant for Vernell. After she was arrested, Kenny showed up and he was cocky as all hell. Didn't really want to be a whole lot of help, but talked police into letting him talk to her. He told them that he could help the whole situation, but as soon as they actually allowed him in and he started talking to her, they could tell he was not trying to help the situation. 
Instead, he was telling her that they had nothing and that he could get her out soon. Pretty much shut your mouth. And again, she listened. She refused to cooperate and she lawyered up. She sat there. And she sat there. Mm, She sat there. He didn't come and get her. Matter of fact, he stopped talking to her altogether. She was a mess. She felt like he left her. He's moved on. He left her there to rot. Police, they had him under surveillance. They wanted to see what he was up to. Was he seeing somebody else? Because they knew that would be ammo. Maybe we can get her to talk. And it turned out he was seeing somebody else. Another singer. Things were looking like they were getting serious, too. So they went and paid Vernell a visit and pretty much laid it all out. Look, this is what he's doing. He's left you in here to take this all by yourself. And she was devastated. And she decided that I am not going down for this by myself. She told them everything. At this point, she's been in there about a year. What she told police blew their mind. After Kenny found out that she cheated on him with Ron. He went into a rage. He made her make a hit list of all of her past lovers. On this list, she came up with five. Ron and John were both on that list. Again, on Snap Killer Couples, they said John because there was a little fling. But in the articles of Morning Call and My Life a Crime, they said it was because... They were good friends, and he just kind of threw him in that bucket anyways, even though it wasn't legit. Again, I don't know, but does it really matter? The man's dead. She admitted that the plan was she was supposed to hit Ron in the heart, but she chickened out, and she hit him in the arm instead. She didn't want to do this. She didn't feel like she needed to do this. She doesn't even talk to these people. And if she did have anything with them at all, it was like, it was so brief, not even worth mentioning. When she went back and told him that she missed and hit him in the arm, he was livid. He said that the next one, she is not going alone. He'll be going with because he's going to make sure he gets the job done. That's when she called John. They got up there before he would get out of work. His van was left unlocked, so Kenneth snuck in the back seat of his van. When he got out, him and her went and sat in the van so they could sit and talk. While they were talking, Ken popped out of the back seat and shot him in the back of the head. He then made her take the gun and shoot his body, even though he was already dead. But he said, you know, we're in this together. You're going to do it too. John was a father of six kids. No one had anything bad to say about this man. Not even his ex. Vernell testified against Kenneth at his trial so she could get a more lenient sentence. She was charged with third-degree murder and conspiracy, and she received a 17- to 35-year sentence. At Kenneth's trial, his defense tried to paint Vernell was the jealous person, and it's because he moved on. She's mad, so she decided she's going to try to get him arrested too, but he had nothing to do with it. 
It only took the jury a few short hours, and they convicted him of murder. He was sentenced to life. This case is a perfect example of a narcissist and control. Anytime that your friends or your family are taken away from you, that needs to be a red flag because that's not normal. You should want your significant others to have friends and family. Shit, I love my alone time. You kidding me? (laughs) Please go. It's just really sad. They both had such promising futures. I mean, do you imagine you were that close to being on Boys to Men? Oh my God. I can totally see why you would be resentful, but at the same time, that's what you chose. Just kind of sucks because the marriage didn't work out anyways. I almost feel like because, you know, he lost control of all that, that's what made him so hyper-focused on controlling Burnell. Like, no one's going to control my shit no more. I'm going to control your shit. If you know anybody who is in a situation like this, please try to talk to them because things like this, this isn't normal. How could you get those tattoos? Oh my God. Oh, that just breaks my heart that you would let somebody disrespect your body like that. And then still not even be happy with that. It was never good enough. If you are in need of phone numbers to get help, if you are in a domestic relationship, if... You need just somebody to talk to. Please, crimeovercocktails.com. I have all the phone numbers there. If you want to send me an email, I'll talk to you. I don't want you to think that you have to go through this alone because you don't. Make sure that you like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite platform or on all of them. (laughs) That way you'll know when episodes are coming out. And if I have anything new possibly coming, you will be alerted for that as well. But all right, you guys, we'll talk crime another time. Bye.